On today's episode of Open Box Policy, we're going to talk about science, pills, planes, anxiety, tampons, and haunted house festivals. Moving right on. If you want to hit us up on our socials, we are on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at OBP underscore raw. Or to continue the conversation, go ahead and shoot us an email at obppodcast at gmail.com. I got my paper in front of me. I read it. Obviously, you're stressed out because yeah. it's crazy. I, and I and it's like I tell people all the time. I've I've told Jacqueline this numerous times. Like I know when and I, which is un- unbelievable that you don't really feel. Oh, this this is a great topic. You know, you have told us before that you don't really feel anxiety, right? Or like you don't feel a lot of anxiety. My anxiety is so overwhelming that like things that I would normally find a lot of joy in, like I'm thinking about purchasing a new car, and that is. A new car to me, because I have been a car person my entire life, a car guy my entire life, and this this is like a very special car to me. It's like a dream car. So I mean, Can I, I ask should. What kind of car it is? Huh? Can I ask what kind? Yeah, it is a 2012 BMW 550i M Sport. It uh, sounds nice. I don't know anything about cars. But it, it sounds very nice. You lost nice. me at BMW. Yeah. Right after that is when I uh, they have there's so many numbers and letters, but it sounds, so, the more numbers and letters so makes it sound like better and better. That's what I hate sure. about it. I hate a lot of cars that have all this nomenclature. So basically, what this is, it's a BMW 5 Series, which is a little bit bigger car. Okay, yeah. it's the sport version of that. So different wheels, suspension, and all that stuff. So it's kind of lower and it looks sporty and cool, and it has a huge engine in it. And 400 horsepower, 450 foot-pounds of torque. I mean, it's more than any human would ever need. Yeah. But it's like a fucking dream car. And I found an amazing deal on it. I'm really excited about it. And it's got a warranty. <laughs> Was it Kyle from the Kia place? Yeah. <laughs> hey, man. Uh, I got this car for you. Yeah. Yeah. I ended up going back to him. Uh, but so my anxiety is just like through the roof and I can't even get excited about that. But this brings us and I ended up having to go like things just like don't bring me joy. And that's when I know that I've reached a point where it's unhealthy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So I even went to a concert last night with my friend, a guy that I love, uh, Tab Benoit. He's a blues singer. And I had a great time. But there were numerous times during it where I was just thinking about work, which is stupid. Did you all hear the story about the old Scottish lady? That has never felt pain or anxiety. So I read, I started reading something about that, um, but I didn't read the whole article. I'm aware that it's it's a disorder because genetic mutation. Yes, to be specific. Because I read, I think I brought this up. I brought this up in one other episode a long time ago because I thought Elle had it when she was a baby, and I read an article about a little girl who had broken bones and her parents never knew. So I know it's super rare. But I started so, reading the article, and then I probably got busy with something, so I never finished it, but I started reading it. So she what doesn't you feel say, physical or emotional pain? So, uh, both, right? If anxiety is one if, of them. Yeah, if you don't feel anxiety, then I, I don't know. But here's, here's ultimately what it is. It's one of the only known cases where someone would basically have a, the, the dual genetic mutation, where she has never been stressed out. She's never worried about anything in her entire life. She doesn't know what worry tastes like. Wow. Um, she says that pain 
will actually she can feel something. It's not like but it, her there's brain doesn't nothing there. It right. Like she can feel the pressure. She can feel her bones like grinding and she can feel these things. But when it I think she mentions that it's almost like a tickle. Like she just kind of feels something <laughs> odd. Like so, an epidural. So they yeah, they just started like a, just a little tickle, epidural. Yeah, like, no, yeah, but what, no, like when, when giving birth, having an epidural, you can feel pressure and yeah. you can feel things, but it doesn't hurt. So she, she had uh, her hip basically deteriorated to a point where she could barely walk, and they started. They looked in there and said, "Oh my God, we can't believe that your hip is basically deteriorated. You need to have surgery." So they, she got out of surgery and, or she was about to go into surgery and she said, I need no pain medicine, no pain meds, no morphine, no nothing. You don't have to do anything to me because I don't, I've never felt pain. And it blew their mind. So they brought these scientists in, they started to study this woman and they found out that she's got these two genetic mutations. Of course, they asked her, like, we, we want to really dig into your history. Well, <laughs> they said, hey, do you have these genetic mutations? So she's never yeah. come up on anybody's radar before this. I'm assuming she's, because of her hip, she's probably later in age. She's uh, a rural Scottish lady oh. that I'm sure, you know, people yeah. are like, oh, that's an old lady that, you know, doesn't feel any pain. But it's never just really been that big of a deal. Yeah. And it because no, she it started just, having these major surgeries. Jeez. So they are re- basically reverse engineering her genetic mutations. And they are hoping that they will be able to turn that on and off in people that are about to have major surgeries. So instances of of having to give them morphine and opiates, which are unbelievably addictive, will go down. And for people that suffer from the major anxiety disorder, um, they can turn that down as well. We'll turn it down as well. We're getting into dangerous territory here. And I agree with Devin. Yeah. I agree with Devin. For sure. So I'm talking to this this guy that I work with who's a genius. And we start joking around about it. He was like, man, that just doesn't sound sound good to me. And I said, of course it doesn't. And here's why. Imagine a population of people that have no fear and feel no pain. Yes. They Jesus would just Christ. Yep. They number one, it would do two things. You would have a population of sheep that would just walk off cliffs or they would just walk into things or they would break their arms or legs and or and of course like they don't they don't ever understand anxiety, so they just walk into very scary situations and they are constantly getting hurt or whatever. Yeah. On the other side of that, you have the people that would basically be nuts. And if they God. feel if they feel no pain and no fear, then everything they do is extreme, and then they start to do all kinds of probably horrible shit. Well, just imagine being born into the generation that um, has always had that. Like how numb the imp- horrible choices and psychopaths that that would make because they don't have that, I shouldn't do this, this could hurt me, this could hurt other people yeah. mentality. Yeah, I mean, yeah, my knees are all... Like I've turned forty years old, my basically my body fell apart. Like one of my knees is really swollen; it hurts, and like I have fear stepping off curbs because I'm like I'm afraid my knee's going to give out. And it's like, what if I didn't feel that pain or that You'd anxiety? You'd be skipping and, down the fucking road. You'd be doing <laughs> lots of things, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah if that ever happens, empathy is going to go down the drain. Exactly. Because you're, I mean, you don't know what it's like. It's a weird philosophical situation. Oh yeah. So it's gonna if that happens, it's gonna start. Just like for good, like everything else has started, uh, like in, in doctors and stuff, surgeries, uh, severe depression, severe anxiety, stuff like that. It's going to start out good, and then probably the military is going to get their hands on it, use it for war, 
and then it's just going to spread from there and it's dangerous territory for sure super dangerous i read um a, a nurse practitioner friend of mine um put post a study and they have found a way which obviously it's many years off to actually um gauge if someone's in pain or not and the point is when they come into the hospital to wave out people who are looking for drugs and who uh-huh. might not be but the downside of it is is that it only does it in that moment. So if you are having something like gallstones, which don't hurt all the time. It comes and goes. Yeah, they will basically, the, that's a downside of the study. Well, right now you're not in pain. 15 well, minutes from now you could be. But, nothing's you know, perfect either. Ex- that's, the, yeah. that's the problem. Yeah. Science is imperfect by nature. I mean, we there is no perfect science. Every, this is I used to get in, in fights with my ex all the time. She would say, Oh, science is so noble and yada, yada, yada. And I'd say, you have scientists that told us that the fucking earth was flat. They told they made flat earth maps, told us for years that the earth was flat. And then finally you have, you know, whoever it was, Galileo, whoever the hell, that figured out that the earth was round. And Are you saying it, scientists are, are not perfect or science is not perfect? Both. Both. Uh, so I kind of disagree. The, it's, it's, the scientists are basically making the science. And... These people yeah. don't understand how a lot of things work, and then they just say, "Yeah, but we're just that's just the way it is." I mean, I, point- this is a really long conversation. <laughs> yeah, but it is. But what I'm saying is, is that that's what's so dangerous about this kind of stuff is that. But you're saying that the scientists make the science, but the scientists are to study science. Scientists, I think, scientists up. discover science. So, in in my opinion, science itself is perfect. But scientists, as people, can be flawed, are imperfect. Yeah, when it comes to research, when it comes to science discovery. In, its, in, in general, in, in my opinion, is flawed because every time you discover something, every time you discover something, you're, they're like, "Oh my God, look, we found X, Y, Z." But that's the and scientists, it, and who it are. rewrites everything, and yeah. then and then all of a sudden, we will end up kind of changing that. We found the ozone hole. Everyone said. It was evil and awful, and it was going to destroy the earth, and then we had to do all these things. No one has talked about the ozone hole in 30 years. But as to Devin, but the Devin's point is that the people who discovered that and said it was awful and evil were scientists. It wasn't the actual science that was making the whole evil. So it's scientists who are studying this and may not be doing it correctly, or their findings might not be great, or something okay. like that. Then, then let me rephrase it. I think science and the study of it is inherently flawed just because it's imperfect. It can't be perfect. Every time that we would say we know how the sun works, then we would we would end up figuring out uh, something new about it. Every time that we would say that we figured out how the planets were made or the Big Bang or something, then we would figure out something new about it. And they would write books and teach everyone this is fact, and then we would figure out something new and go. Oh, okay, we got to change that. But that's just that's just moving. That's just progressing. As that's just people learning more stuff. You know what I mean? Like the Earth with flat. Yeah. Uh, yep, that's it. Oh, then now we learned this, and let's rewrite this. But they don't leave it open to discussion. They say they tell everybody this is the saying. way. This You're- is the way that it is, and then we rewrite it, and then we rewrite, it. and we have all these instances. It, it, just in my forty years. There's all these really great instances where everyone says, oh, my God, like this is the way that it is. And then it changes and then it changes and then it changes. And it's that's what I'm saying. It's it's just it's imperfect. It is naturally flawed. But I mean, it's it's noble and it is good and we're studying it and stuff. But I feel like when you're studying a lot of this stuff that you find out like 
you know, maybe they find out this lady does this and maybe they start to implement it. And yeah. then they realize, oh, my God, we made a huge mistake because yep. now we have a whole slew of people that are that are <laughs> now we have an entire opiates. population that can yeah. just making walk pain into medicine, fire. you know, uh, out of the poppy plant, you know, coming up with laudanum and opium and all of these things. Mm-hmm. It was fucking genius. You know, people are in pain and you take that edge off and then you end up having morphine and, you know, all oxymorphone and all these unbelievable drugs. And then you realize, oh, my God, what we've done. And the reason why we have the saying the opiate of the masses is because it dulls you. It dulls everything to a point where you just don't like feel anything anymore and you're this dullard. It dulls you so much you can't even shit. Like your whole insides just stop up and just stop working. Because Jesus. you're just Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like it's We just went from like science to like bowel movement. No, I'm I'm just saying <laughs> No, like, I'm like I'm in, super stoked about that. In the beginning it was it was really cool. You know, they were like, Oh wow, this is really great stuff. Oh whoops, everyone's wickedly addicted to it. Yeah. You know it's and can't shit. Yeah. Do you think that's a, a science problem or a people problem? Uh, I think it's a little bit of both. And money problem. Yeah, well, we'll <laughs> just take that out of it. Yeah, take out the, the big money. But, I mean, it's it's both. I mean, it's because we write off and say if if someone studies it and they make – you know, because in science you have proofs, and in math you have, like, a proof. Like, you've proven something. Yeah, theories. And- so then we write books and we write articles and we teach everyone and everyone knows it. Everyone studies it. It is a fact. And then we have to change it again. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. – it, it, because someone will disprove that. Well, at least, it's, it, at least it's more accurate than the Bible. So that's all I can oh, well. hope for. <laughs> The, again, wow. there's there's another opinion, you know. <laughs> oh my God, that's not even an opinion. That's just science. Yeah. Science no, to bowel movements not, to not science versus God. <sighs> yeah. What Big. a fun podcast. This We're like, is. let's make yeah. this podcast short, and then we dive into the most controversial topic: science versus God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's get let's get Adam even more revved up and anxious. Yeah. And worked up. We don't yeah. want to do that. No. So, Adam, you, you mentioned this before we, we jumped on the podcast, and I had no idea uh, what this was, but you mentioned uh, something about the 737 planes. Something's going on with them. I know what it is. You do? Yes. The plane crash. They took all the 737s out because of this um, thing that they put in there that's supposed to stop uh, plane crashes, but instead it kind of cause it can cause them. Well, the theory is is that it caused it because they didn't train all the pilots on how it yeah. would act. Yeah. So, ba- yeah, basically, like, when the nose of a plane goes up too high. It's and, supposed to correct that, correct? Yeah, it's supposed yeah. to correct that and nose the plane down. But as it noses the plane down, they don't understand how to, like, counteract that. And then the planes just crash. And What the fuck? Yeah, yeah, so so, so it, the problem is not with the software itself; it's just with the training of the people. It's how to both. Use that software. The yeah. so, the software's too aggressive. Uh, the software's too, from what I'm reading, the software's too aggressive, and the pilots aren't trained because they've never been in a plane that would do anything like that. It's it, basically it's supposed to be subtle, like traction control. Yeah. You know what I mean? Stability control. It's supposed to be subtle. It kind of just subtly pulls you back in line. But I mean, this is apparently pretty drastic. It like drops the nose of the plane. And then they start trying to counteract it, and before you know it, There's the plane goes down. I mean, their system. Yeah, this is uh. this is a brand new plane. There are five they crashes. All, yeah. or excuse me, two crashes in five months. Two crashes in five months that killed like four hundred people. So then they pulled them all. Yeah, rightfully so. Yeah, I mean, there there's always that responsibility on the company to 
to correct their product. Just like um, mm-hmm. it, I was in a marketing class in college back when the Tide Pod epidemic first started coming. No. Like, you know, kids yeah. started eating Tide Pods. Yeah. Um, and, and the teacher was like, do you guys think that children, you know, toddlers getting their hands on these Tide Pods and eating them, is that the company's fault and should they take responsibility for this? And it, most of the class was like, no, they, they shouldn't do anything. And then the marketing teacher was like, listen, you're basically committing company suicide yep. if you don't take responsibility for this. Yep. Because you put the that's blame your product. On the, yeah. You put the, even, you know, no matter whose fault it is, if you put it on the people, then yeah, that's going to cause an uproar and people are going to go say, fuck Tide. No. So instead... <laughs> so instead yeah so instead they you know they did the commercials with the warnings and they um put safety things on these big plastic containers i still can't believe all this shit what the tide eating thing well that the tide had to actually respond to this yeah i mean that'd be like eating tires like kids are eating tires nowadays like if i'm a tire manufacturer i would refuse to release an ad Talk about a toddler, fine. But let's be fair. There was a whole group of older children who were doing it. Yeah. Oh, as just challenges. For the fuck. Yeah, right? like, it, like if my kid, if my two-year-old got it, I'd be like, oh fuck, that's my fault. Yeah. And I understand that looks nice and it looks good, and he's gonna put that, sh- you know, thing that looks like a candy in his mouth. But that's fucking my fault if Tide's on the floor. But there right. was a whole generation that was much older and that was the, doing it. The yeah. class, I mean, that was most of their reasoning. It was like, you know, this is the parents' fault. They should be keeping an eye on their kids, blah, 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 blah. But as a company, you can't come out and blame the children or the parents of the children or anything like that because these are the people who actually buy your product, yep. you know. Yeah. Um, I, I do think it's ridiculous to, to blame a company for something like that, but... You know, as a business, you got to take control of that responsibility of that. We've talked about this before. I, that whole thing just pisses me off. I don't like it when people apologize for something that they have. That like, they shouldn't. Yeah, it's yeah, it's stupid. They, yeah, you know, but tied has... apologizing or putting commercials out and having to spend a single dime because unfortunately Americans are some of the dumbest motherfuckers on the planet. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say that. I I I mean yeah. statistically, we're some of the dumbest sheep on the fucking planet. But they oh, yeah. had to or else it was basically business suicide. You Not know, and that sure. sucks. I mean, it sucks. I'm sure there was a uh, those higher ups were going, "Why the fuck are we having to do this?" But who says it's business suicide? Well, if you like, start if you start saying it's not our fault, it's your fault. Well, then you have all those people who, whether their kids did it or they knew somebody or didn't know anybody at all, are going. Wait, they're saying it's our fault. I'm a stay-at-home mom. I have children. If that happened to me, it wouldn't be my fault. You have you have that whole mentality of like, it's not my fault. It's their fault. And yeah. Tide maybe wouldn't have gone completely down the shitter but they probably would have taken a hit just from like look how fucking angry would, america is about everything i know, <laughs> I know. we're recreationally yeah. offended like we, yeah. over everything so and they would have taken imagine? a hit but i think it would have been uh a, a, an acceptable hit and of course you know they, they have an entire avoided. room of people that do this math they say how much hit are we going to take in yeah. the stock market how, how bad is it going to be and then how expensive is it going to be for us to put out a new ad campaign yeah. they have to literally ask that question it's the matter of fact the scene from that movie uh, uh, Fight Club. He's like, I work for a major car company. And he goes, we look at how expensive it is to pay people off after a major wreck, and then yeah. we look at how expensive it's going to be to do a recall. 
if the recall is cheaper, we don't do one. Yeah. You know, it's just that simple. Like we just pay, it, it's cheaper to pay people millions of dollars than it is to do a recall because that could cost you a billion. And for yeah. Tide, it was cheaper to do the probably little things and to lose. And you know, they would have come back if there was a down, there would have been a downfall in their sales. They probably would have come back. But to them, it was like, well, let's just avoid that altogether. Let's not be too proud to. And again, I agree with you. I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a tide problem, but from a marketing point of view in their company, you know, they have 20 people yelling at them saying you have to, you have to do these commercials mm-hmm. or things are going to happen. Yeah. And no one, nobody, nobody in that big of a company is going to take that risk and be like, no, nope, let's just not say anything. Or yeah, and, and I, let's the just, majority you know. of the, the tide users thought it was ridiculous too, that they even yeah. had to release that campaign. But, you know, as a business, you have to. Yeah. Wasn't that right around like last year's Super Bowl or something like that? Uh, no, this was like this was years 20, ago, twenty sixteen or something like that. It was 20- before. It was before I had Porter. So then I had him in two thousand sixteen. Oh, I thought that had been since we did the the podcast. No, it was before. Like I remember the first Tide Pod eating thing where it was in the news was like right when I got pregnant with Porter. So it had been like two thousand. Like October 2015. Yeah, that sounds Maybe about November. right. Maybe November. Yeah. And Tom this was, flies when you're I know, with right? fucking idiots. Holy <laughs> shit, there was the incidents where uh, the toddlers started eating them first, just like because they thought it looked like candy, you know. Yeah. But um, and then I don't. I guess it was resurrected like two years later when <laughs> the fucking teenagers started eating it like dumbasses. As challenges. And listen, we've all been teenagers and we all been stupid shit, but A, we didn't have the internet to, to A, put it online and then try to get other kids to do it. And B, I can't, I mean, I can't remember ever doing stupid shit like Tide Pods. What are the, some of the other ones? There were some other really shitty ones around that time that I just kept sitting there going, why? There was Honestly. the cinnamon challenge there. Everybody would put tons of cinnamon oh, in their yeah. mouth and <laughs> it would like, they, you can't. There was the tampon one, the alcohol tampons. Yeah, the alcohol Ugh. tampons. Wait, there was the what? one, there was the, the one where you tampons? put alcohol in your eye, like vodka in your yep. eye and you could like get drunk that way. Yep. So kids Christ. were like turning up bottles of vodka in their eye. And just like that tampon alcohol. You, d- you soak a tampon in alcohol. Put it in your butt. Well, if you're a woman, you put it was supposed to be you put up your <laughs> vagina as well. And really? Butt, yeah, it was never up your butt for women. You wait. You don't put well, tampons I mean, you up know, your butt. You can do butt chugging, which actually I, will make I you drunk. I do understand that, which is why suppositories and all that stuff work. But I read I a whole. I don't understand why you put it in your vagina. Well, why do they put Tide pods in their mouth? <laughs> yeah. Like they're stupid. We were all stupid at that young. Yeah. So if anybody did any of those things. Why do women put just tampons in their vagina anymore. anyways, you know? Who knows? Why do they do what? Should I free bleed and show you? <laughs> Have free Anna bleed? free bleed. Yeah. that's we, a thing. Can we get that don't fucking campaign going? Don't they get those cups? Like, what do they call those? They're diva cups, which I don't, I don't get, you know, but there is a free bleed movement now. And so if oh you would like to gosh. know what that is. Ha- oh, ask, I've seen it. Yeah, I've, ask, been, I've been yes. in public. I have ask been. Anna. Ask Anna to free bleed for a week, and then you'll go. Please put a tampon in. <laughs> yeah, there are women that that think that, like, that somehow like men were the ones that like made tampons and pads, and that they should be able to just well, bleed on their own. There's a couple different people who do it. There's that, and there's other women who just um, have issues with 
using both of those things. Yeah. Now, there's always other options, like a Diva Cup. I have a friend who uses a Diva Cup and swears by it. The Diva Cup basically came around when I was pregnant with Porter, which I didn't need one. And then now my tubes are tied and I barely, you know, that happens. But um, people swear by the Diva Cup. Throw it in the dishwasher, you know, what wash it up. What the fuck is a Diva Cup and how so is it So a used? Diva Cup is like a little rubber cup and it's, like sure it's not condom. it's like silicone mm-hmm. and basically you just put it up in you and it catches the blood mm-hmm. and then when you go to the bathroom you pull the cup out and you like, pour the blood out but only like once a day so it's not like a tampon where you put it in all the time and you pour it out and then yeah. when you're not using it when you're done you throw it in the dishwasher and just wash it up and that's it <laughs> i mean i'm not a woman so you know obviously my my views are from a man's side but uh that doesn't seem very sanitary oh it's super it's way healthier is than, it then yes way healthier for you than tampons pads everything so um, i didn't realize until anna told me one day how much fucking like chemicals and shit that tampons oh, have yeah that horrible. is insane so she's yeah. been buying like organic tampons and stuff that yeah. are just like 100 percent cotton but it's it's fucking insane how in much oh poison God, and chemicals are in tampons. And tampons is insane. Yeah. Yeah. There's this whole movement of like natural tampons, which are the exact same. Just, but even just tampons in general can be, you know, toxic so- shock you're, syndrome. You're I mean, putting like, something be, inside your body. Yeah, and some women just can't have that. It just is not comfortable for them, and it's painful and causes more cramping. So the Diva Cup is a. It's like six bucks, and you just use the same one over and over again. Super cheap, and way more healthy for you. There's no additives, or it's it's just a it's a super healthy thing. So, hi, my name is Jamie, and I recommend the Diva Cup. (laughs) I recommend tubes tied because then you don't (laughs) get it anymore. (laughs) Should that be our first sponsor, the Diva Cup? Oh God, yeah, (laughs) that that, or the Trumpy Bear. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we can have. One or the other. Or we could do both. Uh, we yeah. Could, we could put the Diva Cup on the Trumpy Bear and make it Yeah, I was going to say. Well, or we could put, <laughs> we could like brand the Diva Cup with a Trumpy, Trumpy Bear. Yeah. And then all these women are putting Trumpy Bear up their cooters. Up their puss. Yeah. <laughs> up their cooters. See how shit comes, goes free. Trumpy Bear's, Trumpy Bear's grabbing that yeah. puss. <laughs> yeah. You try to regulate my uterus, get up in there. Yeah. That actually would be like a, a cool judo move for Trump if you like- we're stuffing like a picture of some like cartoonish Trump up your vag and bleeding on it, you know, like kind of taking back the control if you yeah. really hate Trump. Well, that'd be good. Yeah, that would be. Did you guys miss me? Yes. <laughs> Something monumental happened, Jamie. You missed us and you I texted did. us about it. I know. I feel and really you were weird like, about I it. I actually miss you guys. And I was like completely sober when I texted you guys. Oh my so, god. Which makes really? it like more, yeah. Oh man. Yeah, I did have two very interesting weeks. Um a lot of stuff happened, a lot of things. Um but yeah. Honestly, it seemed like you were gone for like 2 months. I know. I think yeah, that's why I said time. I missed you guys. I was like, I feel like I haven't like <laughs> Done some good old talking and shit talking and going back back and forth with anybody. <laughs> I was in a hotel Adam room for five days. Yeah, and then I was with my parents and the kids, and I was super sick. I got super sick. Um, yeah, I had a lot of lot of stuff happen. Before so. we end, I want to hear more about this convention because anybody who <sighs> follows you on Instagram, your story was lit up with this like Halloween I know, horror I f- convention. I could have kept going. 
And at some point I was like, there are people who like shouldn't who like I have like church people who might follow me and like really be terrified. Um, no, it was uh, I had to go for work. I worked a show. It was the trans world and it's a Halloween attraction show and it's huge. Um, you can't go in unless you're over the age of 18. So that should I mean, it is think of the most gruesome, horrifying things you've ever seen in like a movie or a haunted house. And that's what it is. And but why like do they do it during massive... this time of year and not during October? Right. Or I figured because, they'd get a because, lot of more traffic in October. No, because right now is they're down. So any people who go there either own haunted houses, own, um, you know, haunted woods, anything like that. This is their down season. So they go in and they buy, buy, buy. And you get everything cheaper at this trade show than if you were to go Gotcha. To these companies. That makes sense. Yeah. So they buy and then they have it all f- to get ready. And like to set up for some of these haunts takes like five months. Jesus. Um, so yeah. So they, and, but they bring in millions every year. But they have the most extreme shit you will ever see. Where Just, was this? Um, St. Louis. And it's oh, in gotcha. St. Louis every year. And you can only go if you have a booth, which is what I was working, or you um, have a haunt. So people off the street can't just buy a ticket and come in. You have to have credentials that show that you're a buyer and you're part of this haunt or you own this haunted house or haunted maze or somewhere in the world. And then you pay for your thing and come in and it's five days of just, it's fucking crazy. It was awesome. So how did you get to go? Because I was working a booth for my father-in-law. Oh, he has yeah. haunting stuff? No, but he has, um, well, he has the product, the jump pad. And they have oh, like a the Halloween one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's on vacation and they didn't have anybody to do it. And I was like, I'll go and do it. And so I went and my dad came along because my dad is like a Halloween freak. And so he came and he bought a bunch of shit. He bought this like 10 foot tall animatronic pumpkin head thing that just like lights up and screams at you like the legitimate movie pumpkin head or like a there's like, these, a, like a you pumpkin should, on top of it no head. these are i mean e- every booth there everything is like their own you should see everything is like handcrafted these the masks there are just done but i mean it's i can't even explain how amazing it is and how gross and how disturbing everything is Everything's so fucked up. There are women walking around naked with like body paint on. There's these creatures that walk around and just scare the shit out of you. There's just Adam blood spraying at you. It is. Later. It was. It was awesome. I heard Glenn say that the the majority of the stuff was so awful you couldn't even post about uh-huh. it on Facebook. I would say ninety percent. Yes. Yeah, because it, it would like yeah ninety percent of the things people. that I took videos of i would send to glenn but i couldn't post on instagram you have to be you have to be over 18 to go in there and i completely understand why it's terrifying shit um what was the most expensive thing that you saw in there oh my god i mean 200 grand 200 grand yeah so i had a video of it you might have seen it it was um this big animatronic guy who was probably 15 feet tall and then he was holding a life-size woman in his hand stabbing her with the knife holy and he's like this beast and it looks so fucking real um but that's only what i saw i was working a booth so me and my dad would tag team and we would get up and i would go look at stuff and he would and things like that but 
I probably saw about 80% of it and it was terrifying. It was it was awesome. The special effects and some of this stuff, you look at it and go, how is that not a real person? And it's not. There's somebody hanging from their intestines from a ceiling and they're screaming and you're like, that looks like a real person. But it's not. It's a machine. I mean, it was it That's was awesome. It was so, so cool. I, when I asked you that question, I wasn't even in the fucking ballpark of two hundred grand. I wasn't even oh. at a hundred grand. They Are have you kidding um, me. They come in there and they build up full on three story haunted houses with like these like nine feet t- nine foot around like live bees, live bees like with the wings moving. Like it's it's like movie material, full on shit. And you can buy all the stuff there, but if you buy it there, it's cheaper than buy mm-hmm. than coming back, you know, co- you know, contacting them, you know, a couple months later and saying I want that. So does that get old every day just being around all that weird shit? Uh, you know what? This was my first year doing it. Um, How many days long was it? Five. I didn't wow. see everything in five days, so, so no, it's it ne- huge. Yeah. Oh my god, it's it's fucking massive. I didn't see the whole thing in five days, and I. And we would get there early and walk around before they let the crowds in and try to see everything. Um, but yeah, you don't see everything. I, I, I probably saw 80, 90% of it, but I still didn't see everything. My dad would come back. He's like, did you see that fucking werewolf tearing the lady's head off? And I'm like, where? And he's like, well, that way. Well, it's so fucking big. You just wander around and just are terrified by everything. It was awesome. It was so fucking cool. Were they like trying to scare people while they were there? Um, or was had- it just... A- demonstration it's just like a uh, showcase thing. yeah it was like a showcase but part of the showcase they would have people that would scare and they would love it everybody there were people who own haunted houses so why, there would be why were naked ladies in body paint walking around because they were <laughs> there were artists there who were doing move who were doing gruesome makeup and artwork uh, so then they had which of course my dad's like you see the naked lady i'm like no he's only got a picture no it's like are you supposed to take pictures he's like they didn't care and show me like 20 <laughs> naked lady pictures that's, that's but, what yeah. adam and i are going to do next year just go there and be like yeah we're professional uh, body painters <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> for halloween just take a sharpie yeah <laughs> But it's good. I mean, you the smallest booth you can get there is like fifteen hundred dollars for the five days. Um, but like most people had booths that were like thirty seven hundred dollars for five days and then the really big ones were like a lot. Like fifteen grand for the five days. Were like a lot. <laughs> a lot, like fifteen grand. But those are the ones who had like the full on haunted houses that you could walk through. They have them functioning and you can see all the special effects and it was awesome. It was really fucking cool. So Nothing like yeah. that two hundred grand one though. That's a house. No. I know. What? I may repost that video because he would. It, it was a terrifying thing. I put it on my my feed when I was there, but obviously it disappeared because I don't know if I want that permanently tied to me. Yeah, some of that. I Glenn told me that some of that stuff would be way too weird to put on Facebook. Yeah, it would just be freaky. I mean, they have a whole section of these girls who are naked. And they look real and they're like curled up in a fetal position dead with like blood coming out of their mouths. Mm -hmm. And it's for like a haunted house. But like they look like like 14 year old girls dead or like um, sitting in like a pool of blood. And it looks so real. You're afraid they're going to jump up and like, well, and the very last day I was we were packing stuff into my car and we were walking back to the hotel and some guy had bought one. He was walking across this main street with this naked life size <laughs> chick with like blood coming out of her mouth. And she's like gray looking dead. And I said to my dad, I was like, look at that. Like, could you imagine 
if he walked one block north because everybody <laughs> who was there was staying. Yeah, the, nobody you know? would know. Nobody yeah. would know. It was awesome, but that's disturbing. crazy. I'll yeah. tell you what. What's scary is uh, how fucking tired Adam is right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry. Adam's pants are undone. <laughs> well, his belt. Sorry, his belt's undone. His belt. His belt's yeah, undone. I'm sorry. I am. I am unbelievably tired, and I, I just. I'm finally taking vacation, but I'm. I'm just. I'm taking vacation in a day or two, but. Before I take vacation, I'm gonna have to work harder and faster. Are you than going anywhere, or just like? I think we're just gonna go to stay. the we're gonna okay. go to the lake. But How many I, days? I, yeah, I just it's just time. I'm sorry, not we're my broke. most, uh, not my most verbose episode, but it's fine. You you need fine. that vacation. You take that vacation. Yeah. Yeah, I'm tired. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, since you're tired, this is Devin. This is Adam. This is Jamie.